your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 272 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And got a special treat for you guys today. We've got a special crossover episode with Mr. Trey Matthews of Locked On New Jersey Devils. We are recording this on Monday. You are hearing it on Tuesday at the earliest. And basically, just going to take a look at what the Rangers and Devils have been up to so far this season, as well as preview tonight's matchup between the Rangers and Devils at Madison Square Garden at 7 p.m. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Devil fans. We got a special crossover edition for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined here by Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils. Trey, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, John. Yeah, me too. I, it's definitely been an interesting start to the regular season for both of our teams. Uh, you know, the Rangers, it's, you know, just a disaster on opening night and then an excellent bounce back performance two nights later. And for you guys, twice going into overtime and once into a shootout with the Boston Bruins. Uh, both games coming down to the wire there. Obviously, you guys get three points out of a possible four. How are you feeling? I know it's early, but how are you feeling about this team uh, just two games into the season here? I feel like the Devils have shown uh, great signs of improvement already because if you remember last year, uh, we dropped the first six games of the year, but now we've already gotten that first win out the way. I feel as though the Devils um, have gotten a lot better. And like I said in my show many times before the start of the season, I needed to see some adaptability from uh, certain players, and I think they did that because in game one, their first period was absolutely awful. Like like they couldn't get the puck out of their own zone. Um, the, their defense was atrocious. Mackenzie Blackwood, our goalie, was our best defender that night. We had chances to win, but unfortunately we blew them, and uh, we put the uh, Bruins into power play situations in, in which uh, the Bruins last year were one of the best uh, power play teams uh, in, in the entire league, and when the Devils were in the power play, it didn't look like that they were in the power play. They, it still looked like it was even strength, and Boston was still dominating them. So I, I and you know that the same uh, remained true for Game Two. So um, I believe the the Devils um, are, are, have shown great signs of improvement. And Sharon Govich, I, I have to tell you, yeah. um, my show my show temporarily is called Locked On Sharon Govich because that guy. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what to think of him because in game one he was like sort of like a ragdoll like you know he was uh, drawing like penalties for us he was uh, sort of putting his body on the line I love the determination the effort from him and then in game two game winning goal with only a few seconds left in OT it looked like we were going for another shootout and he got it before the sound of the final horn so I, I, I Sharon Govich diving in the rough. We, we already knew that uh, he could be something special because he had a great training camp with the Devils. So, um, obviously, the Devils are off to a, a pretty decent start, and I think they can only go up from here. And like I said, we're, we're missing three of our key guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, you touched on it just now, but Sharon Govich with the game-winning goal with 1.7 seconds left in overtime in the second game. And, I mean, that had to be – I mean, you're a big Devils fan. That had to feel so good, especially last season – uh, just a disastrous start that this team gets off to winless in their first six. And 
really, I mean, just, just digging themselves a hole early in the season. So to get that first one out of the way and to do it in such dramatic fashion, I mean, what's your reaction? And, and Severson made a heck of a pass on that play as well behind his back, uh, you know, springing Sharon Govich into the attacking zone there. And that's why Severson was given the A uh, to be the alternate captain for the Devils organization instead of P.K. Subban because uh, Severson was our best, uh, was one of our best defensive in last season. But um, so uh, interesting story. I was actually at work and I was uh, doing color commentary uh, at a basketball game right. uh, for, for, for the television station I work at. And I was actually streaming the game. Of course, I had to mute it so that way uh, the game feedback didn't pick up on my microphone so I, and you know i put it to the side so that way no one could see it and like uh during a pause in the action i'm like okay go sharon Govich, come on go 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 you're wide open wide open <laughs> and obviously i couldn't hear the announcer's reaction but i was just like waving my hand in the air i was like yes yes yeah there we go he, that, he got that, it that like silent reaction yeah yeah people who have my job were like what are you doing <laughs> it's like it's a great win for you guys to start the season and uh, I wanted to ask you also about your goalie situation. Now, it seems like I haven't watched, you know, these Devils games from start to finish, these first two games that they've had here, but Mackenzie Blackwood has played both games. He's obviously looked very well, at least if you just go by the uh, the box score there. But, you know, you guys were left in a little bit of a bind there. Corey Crawford retires just a few days before the start of the regular season, and then you guys also claim Arundel off of waivers. I mean, do you feel good about the goalie situation? Do you think Mackenzie Blackwood is ready to be that guy who can step in there and, and, and be the top goalie for your team? I mean, he was going to be the top goalie either way, but uh, right. I, the Corey Crawford situation uh, didn't help things because, you know, now, uh, you know, now we're, I guess now we're stuck with Aaron Dell because originally it was, the duo was uh, Mackenzie Blackwood and Scott Wedgwood. And no offense to Scott Wedgwood, but he should be third string goalie, not second string. So, like, you bring him in in case of an emergency. But um, for for Corey Crawford, uh, there's just no way we can like uh, replace someone of his caliber uh, because Corey Crawford is a two-time All-Star. Um, he's won the Jennings Trophy. He's won a couple of championships. Um, see, I'm missing something else. Oh, he was all rookie team as well. So uh, Corey Crawford, uh, we wish him the best of luck in his future ventures. But uh, obviously, we don't know the full scenario as to why he decided to retire so suddenly, and especially. Since the season was about to start, you know, I heard uh, a various amount of reports, but, you know, the Crow is definitely going to, um, you know, he, he, he's going to be missed. That, that's what I'm going to say. And he hasn't even put on a devil sweater. So um, I, I think he has a legit case to, you know, go to the Hall of Fame, but just yeah. replacing someone of his caliber is just so hard because, uh, because originally before he announced his retirement, I, I was saying, okay, let's get Jimmy Howard. Cause you know, maybe Jimmy Howard can bring just a little bit of what we wanted from Corey Crawford, which is maybe a solid goaltender who has years and years and years of experience. He's won a championship. He's been an all-star because, you know, Jimmy Howard, yes, he, you can ask Nolan Bianchi of lockdown Red Wings. This, uh, uh, Jimmy Howard had an awful uh, season in his final year, but, uh, the one thing I say is maybe maybe Jimmy Howard's uh, a diamond in the rough, similar to what Mackenzie Blackwood was. So, uh, you know, sign him. He'll be cheap. And, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, you know, for, for Jimmy Howard, it's just like uh, he was an all-star back in 2019, so it's recent. So, yeah, it, it be, him being a diamond in the rough wouldn't be, you know, out of the ordinary. And uh, also a former gold medalist. So I, I just honestly would have loved to see um, – I would have loved to see uh, uh, Jimmy Howard maybe in a Devils uniform. 
Yeah, and I mean, he was kind of in a pretty hopeless situation last year. I mean, the Red Wings, you know, I'm not trying to be mean here, but I mean, we saw what they did. They were a historically bad team last season. He had very little help. And you wonder, I mean, just going anywhere else, just getting a little bit more help, a little bit of a change of scenery, maybe that kind of reinvigorates him a little bit. It could have, but, you know, yeah. then again, he was, last season, he was sent down to the uh, to the AHL, excuse me. And, uh, you know, he did let up five goals. So, uh, you know, well, maybe, I don't know. He yeah. had a win-loss record of one and one so... I don't know, but still, I think he could have been a solid backup for um, for Mackenzie Blackwood because Mackenzie Blackwood just needs some leadership. Because, like I said, uh, in our first uh, in our first game, Mackenzie Blackwood gave us chances to win uh, the game, but unfortunately, we we let him down. And yeah. he made an excellent. I don't know if you saw it in, in the shootout. He made an excellent stop on Coyle. Like I thought, Coyle was about to get uh, the you know get the backhander in the shootout and just say, okay, the the, the Bruins are going to win, but. He made an excellent pad stop, like a last-second pad stop. I'm like, how did you just stop that? Because he <laughs> fooled you, but you made a last-second adjustment. That's a veteran move right there. So, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, I think he's ready for the starting spot, but he just needs some help, you know, yep. in terms of his backup and his defense. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. For the Rangers, it's a very interesting start to the season here as far as the goalies are concerned because you know you have Igor Shesterka on opening night and he's the goalie who I think most of us Ranger fans feel the best about we think that you know he's going to be the man in the short term and in the long term he's somebody that could go on to be the franchise goalie it's not out of the question that 10 years from now he could still be starting games for the New York Rangers and I think we still all feel very very good about him it's just one game but he did struggle on opening night against the Islanders you know he gave up two goals that I think he at least two goals that I think he definitely would have wanted back now, Grant, he didn't have a ton of help because nobody on the Rangers played well on opening night. But it was very interesting to see, you know, the Rangers, they juggled their entire lineup. Literally everything is different for the second game, except for the top line. The top line remained intact. But every other combination of forwards and all three defense pairings, they were all different for, for the second game of the season. And, of course, Alex Georgiev gets to play between the pipes. And he was awesome. 23 save shutout. I mean, it's not one of those, like, true, like, stand-on-your-head kind of games, but he was very, very sharp. And I think the 
biggest thing he did in that game is the Rangers were leading one nothing early, and he made a couple of saves on some deflections uh, to keep the puck out, keep the Rangers with the lead. And so it's going to be interesting going forward. You know, I would get the feeling that just based on how they both did in their first game, uh, we might be seeing Alex Georgiev uh, between the pipes against the Devils here on Tuesday. But uh, definitely an interesting situation to keep track of uh, going forward for the Rangers as well. A lot of teams right now, I, I mean, kind of figure out, you know, who who the main goalie is going to be. Right. And I, I just want to say, it looked like it was a game of two different, um, it, it just looked two different games for the Rangers because in opening night, they get shut out by the Islanders for nothing. But then in game two, uh, you guys shut out the Islanders. So, you know, I always say those are kind of confusing because one game you did really well and then one game you did really poorly. So it's like, wh- which team are we? So, yeah. you know, for the Devils, you know, the they went into OT twice in their game against the Boston Bruins, and the Boston Bruins are reigning uh, President Trophy's winners. So, um, you know, obviously they're coming out with a vengeance this year, and the fact that we were able to send it to OT not once but twice and, you know, come out victorious with one of those, you know, shows that, you know, we, we do have, I guess, some potential. It's still really early. It's, it's extremely early to make an assumption, but, you know, that's based on what I see. So for the Rangers, what are your expectations? Because I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I said if all goes well with the Devils, I'd say they could finish higher than the Rangers, quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think in a best-case scenario for the Devils, I don't think that's completely unrealistic. You know, people forget that going into last season, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that people looked at the Devils like a Stanley Cup contender because I wouldn't go that far, but people thought the Devils had a pretty good team. And it was just one of those seasons where you get off to such a bad start that there's just no recovering from it. And the coach gets fired and everything's in turmoil. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Devils play quite a bit better this season than they did last year. As far as the Rangers are concerned, as you know, in the in the playoff picture, I think they're going to be right there. I think this, especially in a short season, a 56-game regular season where every game is so big and you're only playing division rivals, I think the Rangers are going to be in a situation where it's going to come down to the last two, three, maybe even the last day of the regular season as far as whether they're a playoff team or not. Because you look at the Eastern Division, Trey, and I mean, it's just absolutely stacked. I mean, there's even teams like the Sabres. Like, I know they're 0-2 and people probably figure they're going to finish near or at the bottom of this division, but even they've made some improvements. There's no easy games. There's no easy wins in this division. There's no easy way to get two points. And I just think, man, I mean, it's, it's going to be tight all the way through. And, and like I said, I think the Rangers are truly a fringe playoff team if ever there was one. And, you know, I just keep my fingers crossed that toward the end of the regular season, they're, they're still in the mix and able to get in and see what they can do in the playoffs. And, you know, John, um, I said the I said pretty much the same thing. I just said that the Devils are in the wrong division because they're in the East Division. And like I said, you know, you got the Capitals, you got the Flyers, you got the Bruins, and you know, the Islanders, the Penguins, and you know, like, are you know, it's not good enough to be you know decent because if you're decent, you'll finish in last in this division. So yeah, exactly. Um, whereas you know, if you were to go to the Central, you got you know teams like the Blackhawks, the Red Wings who aren't projected to do so well. So, you know, you got some wiggle room right there. Um, you know, out West, uh, I'd say it's pretty decent as well. Um, and then, you know, you obviously you got your Canadian teams and, you know, which Canadian team you project to do well is, you know, totally up to you and based on where you're from in that hemisphere. But, um, you know, we're, we're just in a very difficult division because realistically, the three teams I just listed, the Capitals, Flyers, and um, and the Bruins could realistically, you know, give any team a run for their money in, in the playoffs. So uh, I say if all goes well for the Devils, and I'm saying that I can't stress this enough, if all goes well, like everything goes well, they could finish in fifth in the division, and that's me being, you know, generous. 
Yeah, Whereas, for sure. Uh, I, I think for the most part, they're either going to finish in the bottom because one thing we have to keep in mind for young teams like ourselves, um, so like, you know, keep an eye out of this for the Rangers, the young guys might hit something called the rookie wall. As in, yeah. like, you know, they play, they play too many games, they start to show fatigue, they get tired. You know, keep in mind, the most uh, off days we're going to get, you know, if there is, you know, some postponement due to COVID, is four days off. That's the most we're going to get, you know. Because yep. most of these games are going to be back-to-back or one-night rest, and that's the, that's the problem. Like, can our young guys withstand it? And that's what I was saying about Mackenzie Blackwood. That's the main concern I have is in which we need a solid goaltender behind them because there's just so many games that are coming repeatedly. So my thing is, is, like, can our teams, like the Rangers and the Devils, who are so young, can our uh, young guys keep up with the pace of this? Because this is something really unique and different, something that we haven't really seen before because we're trying to jam-pack so many games in a short month's uh, span. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? The NFL regular season has concluded, and there are some big-time playoff matchups right around the corner, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, BetOnline.com. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON for your sign-up bonus. Once again, that is promo code LOCKEDON in all caps, and you will get your sign-up bonus. Hashtag BetOnline. Tuesdays on Locked On NHL, it is all about East Coast bliss as Locked On Sabres host Joe DiBiase and Mike DiStefano of Locked On Leafs take a look at the biggest stories in the Eastern Conference. From Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin to the defending champion Lightning, the up-and-coming New York Rangers, and everyone in between, Locked On NHL is the place to be for Eastern Conference intel every single Tuesday. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let me uh, Let me get your opinion on something else as it relates to the Eastern division, because I heard in the off season, you know, I don't know if this is just people being optimistic, whether it's Ranger fans or devil fans or whatever it might be, but some people have been talking about like how, Oh, well, you know, maybe the Bruins, maybe they're going to start to decline a little bit, or maybe the Penguins are going to start to recline a little bit. And honestly, I mean, maybe for the Penguins a little, but I don't see it because I mean, both those teams, if, if you look at what's made the Bruins, the Bruins and what's made the Penguins, the Penguins, all their core is still intact. They still have the guys that have enabled them to be at or near the top of the Eastern Conference year in and year out. So, I mean, do you think that they start to regress at all this season, or are we still in a situation where those are kind of the two teams to beat, so to speak, as they have been for so many years? I mean, look at the Blackhawks, because the Blackhawks still, for the most part, have their main core. Um, And I think the only uh, player they've lost is Marion Hosta. And, you know, uh, obviously that is a big loss, but for the most part, you still have the guys that, for the most part, you know, gave you a good amount of production that got you far in the playoffs and gave you three Stanley Cups in a, what, a six-year span? Something like that, yeah. um, About about that, yeah. So it could happen because, you know, a team doesn't revolve around just just a couple of players. I mean, they do make the difference, don't get me wrong, but it's like, you know, how well do you do in the power play? How do you do in the penalty kill? Like, 
uh, are there certain situations where you're not capitalizing on them? Because for the Bruins, what I saw is, like, I saw that they were beatable, but I didn't, you know, obviously I'm not intimidated by them. I was intimidated by them, I'll admit, in game one, period number one, when they were just looking like, oh, man, the Devils, this is going to be a long weekend series for them. But then uh, I saw the Devils make adjustments, be adaptable, and they gave the Bruins a run for their money because, uh, especially in period number three, the goals were going back and forth, back and forth. And, like, what killed the Devils were the the power play because, like I said, the Bruins uh, capitalized on all their goals uh, for that game on the power play. And um, it, 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 there's just so many factors that goes into it because, like, I don't think it's a sport like basketball where one player can really make a difference and really lead their team to, uh, to some sort of, you know, victorious uh, win streak or winning record, whatever the case might be. There's just, I think it's like uh, it's football where there's just so many factors, so many players, so many situations, so many scenarios, and even baseball, you know, where there's just so many parts of that moving train going that, you know, it, only a few players don't really make that much of a difference. I'm not trying to underestimate that. I'm just saying, like, you know, there's so many components that goes with it. No, I get what you're saying. And uh, to kind of shift gears a little bit here, though, I wanted to ask you about P.K. Subban, because obviously he comes to the Devils. He's got the big contract. He struggles quite a bit last season. And it's kind of like if you're a Devils fan, you kind of just have to keep your fingers crossed and just hope that he comes out of this and he becomes at least close to the player that he used to be. And again, I have not seen these Devils games from start to finish. I caught a little bit of each, but, uh, you know, just going by the box score, I noticed he had six hits and three shots in goal in his first two games combined. Uh, what are you seeing from P.K. Subban? Is there hope that he gets back to being maybe not necessarily uh, P.K. Subban at his best, but somewhat close to that? I mean, what, what are you seeing from Subban so far? Uh, so I actually wrote about this, uh, for the hockey writers in which like, is he due for a breakout year? And the thing is, about Subban is that, um, he needs to be more adaptable. That's, that's what uh, he needs to be. Cause I feel like he's trying to be the player that he once was, but he's not being smart. The reason why players, you know, grow in age, but are still very effective at their old age is because they use their mind. They don't try to use their body as much as they used to. And for, uh, for Subban, it's just that, um, it's just that he needs to learn how to be adaptable and just adjust his game because uh, if you looked at the power play uh, last season, he was absolutely horrendous because all he would do was just take uh, big slap shots at the point, and uh, unfortunately it, it came back to bite him because most of his shots would get blocked, and it makes it easier for the other team to go the other way, try to get the shorthanded goal. Um, you know, he's always been an inconsistent shooter, but what I've been noticing is that he tried to go deep into the – zone in the slot area last year quite a bit and actually worked somewhat for him but for this season uh the defense has not impressed me for the new jersey devils it, it just has not and hopefully when we get botlin back uh you know it can add some more uh depth to our organization and to our roster but uh for suban uh he, he had a career worse than plus minus last season with negative 21 so you know that's not good but uh, you know already he's at uh negative uh one but you know it's still it's still really early, so yeah, he had four. Um, uh, you know, he, he he's trying to improve. That's that's all I could say is like, and he needs to work on his shot. He needs to be smarter. He needs to be adaptable because uh, last season what he did well was uh, trying to get rebounds for uh, you know his team. Like he was good at uh, creating like second opportunities in the zone of the Devils to you know give the younger guys another shot of you know trying to get the puck into the twine. So. That's something he just needs to continue to do because he was really good 
rebounding. And, you know, with young forwards like uh, Heizer, once Heizer comes back from his injury, and also Hughes, who looks like he's improving right now, uh, you know, he just needs to look at his young gunners and, you know, get his assist numbers up. Because Subban was actually good at passing last year. I'll give him credit for that. He was actually good at passing. But, you know, the assist category obviously doesn't show it because um, uh, last season uh, for the Devils, he only – he only was able to um, put up uh, 11 assists. So, uh, but that, that doesn't speak the entirety of like him as a passer. So, so I think that's what he needs to do. He needs to just keep rebounding, keep passing and just uh, improve uh, on being adaptable because he's always been an inconsistent shooter his entire career. That's nothing new, but you know, obviously now that he's older and now that he's with a younger team, he can get exploited a little bit more. And if all doesn't work out, I hope Seattle takes them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, they might. I mean, they, they you probably want to get a big name if you're Seattle. I mean, I, I don't know that you would want that contract necessarily, but you got to make some, you got to do something kind of splashy if you're an expansion team coming into the league. So uh, maybe Subban, just for his name value, maybe even that is a reason why they might be interested in him. But uh, somebody else I got to ask about because he, him and Capo Caco are always going to be linked together, but that's Jack Hughes. And I noticed. You know, the Devils have only scored four goals in these first two games here, but Jack Hughes has already got three assists. So, I mean, what are you seeing from him? Uh, do you feel good about where he's at right now after both him and Cackle, maybe a little bit of an underwhelming rookie season for each of them? So, uh, you want to know an interesting fact about Jack Hughes? Uh, last Absolutely. Year, statistically, statistically, he was the worst performing first overall draft selection since Joe Thornton in 1997. So, oh boy. Pat Patrick Stefan had a better uh, rookie year than Jack Hughes. And Patrick Stefan is infamously known for blowing a wide open breakaway empty netter. Oh, and he fell down, right? And then it went back the other yeah. way and they scored. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's the one. That that's yeah. what he's infamous for. Even he had a better um even he had a better uh, rookie season than Jack Hughes. But um for Jack Hughes, he's he uh, gained about fourteen pounds in muscle. He's shown tremendous signs of improvement. And like you said, four goals for the Devils, but uh, three of those are assisted on Jack Hughes. So he's creating opportunities for his, uh, his teammates. And another thing is Jack Hughes could actually have a couple goals, but the, unfortunately they just didn't go in for him. Like he had like three opportunities to, you know, get the puck into the twine, but it just, it just didn't work out. Cause you know, uh, I, uh, the Boston Bruins just made excellent last second stops. Like one time he was, uh, on an open breakaway and it just didn't just didn't go in. Then Zajac couldn't get the rebound. That was in game one. And I think that came back to haunt the devils because, you know, they ended up, uh, uh, they ended up losing. And then, you know, Rosk was just, uh, you know, he was, he was excellent for uh, Boston and, you know, he got lucky at times, but still, uh, I think for Jack Hughes, he's shown tremendous um, improvement. And uh, I actually want to ask you something. Uh, so, Lindy Ruff is obviously our head coach, and he was the head defensive coach for the New York Rangers last season. And uh, it seems like, at least game two speaks, that your guys' defense has actually improved a little bit. What can you say about that? I mean, I think, you know, Lindy Ruff at times got a little bit of an unfair deal from Ranger fans because I think a lot of the issues that the Rangers had was it was just the product of being a young team. They had a lot of really young defensemen. They still do have a lot of really young defensemen in the lineup every single night. This is going to happen. You're going to have defensive lapses every now and then. That's just a byproduct of being a young and inexperienced team. It was a case of just taking too many penalties, giving up too many power play opportunities. 
and, uh, you know, just turning over the puck, just a lot of things that a lot of young players do. I always liked Lindy Ruff. You know, I thought that given the fact that David Quinn was obviously very new to the NHL, this is his first time ever being a head coach. Uh, and before that, he'd only been an assistant coach for, I think, part of a season with the Colorado Avalanche. And that was about 10 years ago. So I always liked the idea of having a veteran uh, coach as an assistant on the team. I think it worked pretty well. I think he uh, worked well with his team throughout the season and they got better as the season improved. I mean, the Rangers really improved in just about every facet of the game. I always felt good about having him there. And I think, you know, I, I was kind of disappointed when he wasn't able to accompany them on the playoff trip, uh, you know, to Toronto there. Obviously, by then you guys had hired him as the head coach. So I understand it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think Lindy Ruff did an OK job. And I think if you're the Devils and I, Trey, I think this is something we talked about uh, the last time we did a crossover. But if there was ever a time to maybe... I don't want to say play it safe, but in a way, that's kind of what they did, right? It's, it's a guy that's got a lot of experience coaching in the NHL, and this is after they hired John Hines, and that was a complete nightmare. So if you ever just want to, you know, play it safe, maybe this is the time for the Devils to do that. I, I think Lindy Ruff is going to do all right for you guys, but we'll see how it goes, uh, you know, as the season progresses here. All right. Uh, so obviously, this episode is going to go up on Tuesday. Any predictions for tonight's matchup? Yeah, I'm going to say another low-scoring game. You guys have been in a couple of low-scoring games. I'm going to say the Rangers pull out a 2-1 to win in overtime. You guys have been to overtime twice already. Why not go for three? And I feel like the Rangers, you know, obviously uh, they were shut out on opening night, 4 nothing. They then blanked the Islanders two nights later, 5 to nothing. The Rangers are due for a close competitive game. And I just get the feeling, you know, it, it might be a, a tightly contested game. It's going to go to overtime and uh, give me Mika for the game winner. How about you? Okay. Uh, let, let me think. Let me think of the factors. So, uh, obviously, you guys are one and one. You guys got shut out uh, game one, but then you came back and fought in game two. The Devils uh, were terrible in period number one, but they rebounded in the second and third period, and then game two they ended up winning. I think you guys are going to get Sharon Govich. Honestly, I think he's going to have another great game. Oh, boy. He's going to draw a lot of penalties on you guys. And I'm go I am I agree with you. It's going to be low scoring. I'd say it's, gonna, it's going to be hmm, two or three nothing uh, Devils. Really? So the Rangers are going to get shut out twice in three times to start the season, even after putting up five goals. So. All right, all right. I mean, I well, do like Blackwood. Well, he's off to a good start for you guys. Right. I was about to say, if the defense can just protect Mackenzie Blackwood at all costs, then I, and if Blackwood continues to do what he normally does, I think you guys could possibly get shut out and, or, you know, maybe squeeze a, one goal. Honestly. All right. Well, well, we'll see how it goes. But uh, one other thing, I mean, it, well, we can wrap up on this, but it's something I got to ask you about because, you know, that we're all waiting for the NHL schedule to drop. And, uh, you know, as soon as it happens, you know, you're scouring all these months and who are we playing? And, oh, there's a bunch of back-to-backs. This is cool. But the Rangers and Devils, they have uh, a four-game set later in this season. They're going to play each other four times in six days from April 13th through April 18th. I've never seen anything like this. What do you expect from that? I mean, I know we haven't even seen them play each other yet, but what do you think that's going to be like, a four-game set between the Rangers and Devils there? So when's that again? April? Yeah, April 13th through April 18th. Oh, man, that's that's sort of like a, a playoff series, kind of. Yep. Well, you know, I, I know it's not going to be best out of uh, seven, but, uh, yeah, that's that, that's like a playoff matchup, kind of. So it's like you're, you're going to see a lot of adjustments. You're going to see a lot of fatigue from players. You're going to see 
I'd say one game. I think the 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 teams are just going to say, "Hey, we're we're, we're going to our we're just going to go to our backup goalie. We're going to go to our bench mostly because we want to give our starters a rest." So you know, I think for the most part, it's going to be really exciting to see. Uh, the I, I'm excited to see what what happens for um for, for that series because it, it's like a playoff matchup. But I think you know we have a lot to be excited for that for that uh, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, there could be a playoff spot on the line. It could be a situation where one or both teams are trying to get into the playoff picture or maybe one's trying to hang on to the, the fourth place spot in, in that Eastern division that we talked about. But it's going to be a lot of fun either way. And, Trey, this was a ton of fun today. As always, it's always a pleasure talking some hockey with you. And uh, we'll definitely have to do this again at some point this season. All right, John. I, I, we're definitely going to do it for that four-game series. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but that's months away. All right, once again, a big, big thanks to Mr. Trey Matthews of Locked On New Jersey Devils for doing this crossover episode. Always a good time talking some hockey with Trey, and we're both definitely looking forward to tonight's matchup. Each the Rangers and the Devils off to very intriguing starts this season, to say the very least. And if you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And one other bit of news, this news kind of broke on Monday a little bit after Trey and I had finished recording, but the Rangers will indeed start Alex Georgiev. Uh, not too much of a surprise there based on the fact that he's coming off of a shutout. Came up big when the Rangers really needed him on Saturday against the Islanders. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.